0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We we'll speak today to Garrett Ainsworth, who is the CEO of District Metal, so it is actually listed uh, company. Relatively new. Um, they've taken one of the ex. Uh, EMX uh, assets in Sweden on board uh, Tontebo. It's polymetallic, uh, although given the silver prices at the moment, it's technically a silver project. So we talked to him about their plans uh, and funding and what they're hoping to achieve this year. He's a a geo because he's getting very excited about the potential of what's under there. Uh, We talked to him about finances though and some of the names associated with this. Pretty interesting stuff. Enjoy the podcast. Garrett, how are you doing, sir?
1: Excellent, Matt. Good to be on.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. New story. Uh, First time we've spoken on screen, so looking forward to hearing what you're uh, going to be talking about. So where are you today? Which part of the world? Well, I'm actually pretty happy to be in Kelowna
1: right now. It's a a great place to be during a pandemic. A little bit more space. It's easier to do your social distancing and and whatnot. Uh, Yeah. So it's uh, it's summer full on.
0: I like it. I've been there a couple of times, uh, trying to do deals as opposed to enjoying the, the, the lake and the and the vineyards, but uh, nevertheless no, gorgeous. Hey, so Gat, why don't we kick off, give us that 1-minute overview of the business, then we'll kind of pick it up from there.
1: Yeah, right. So so District Metals, uh, essentially, it's a very, very new company. Uh, we came together in, in about mid-2018 and uh, our, our mandate was to find a you know high-grade Base and or, poly or high grade um, property somewhere in a good jurisdiction. So, um, you know, we, we looked all over the globe. We we uh, you know we we even looked at some jurisdictions that weren't so good. We came pretty close to a couple of transactions along the way. It was about a year and a half process, and uh, and then we started. I started looking at uh, EMX's portfolio in Scandinavia. And there was one property in particular that really stood out, and that's the Tom Thibault uh, uh, project. And it's located in south central Sweden within the Bergslagen mining district. And that district is known for very large and very high grade polymetallic um, deposits and two active mines right now with Boliden operating Garpenberg. And uh, and Lundin operating the zinc gruvan and they're actually very rich in in silver and and in gold as well. So the uh, yeah the revenue wise they do very well off these mines. They're they're actually officially silver mines now that the price of uh, silver has
0: gone up over twenty two
1: dollars an ounce. So it's uh, yeah it's funny how that changes. It's
0: funny how that changes. Um, why don't we? You gave us a bit of a clue about kind of what you set up. Well. The task that you set yourselves—not necessarily about what you're setting out to try and build here. So, it was a case of you've gone to Sweden. It's got a kind of rich uh, history of of mining. It's not too well known. Perhaps getting a bit more um, um, press over the past couple of years for sure. So, um, can we just can we just talk about what was the business that you set up to do? 2018, you needed an asset. Didn't really care where, as long as it was a reasonable jurisdiction. But what was the Type of business that you think that you're trying to build, and you know how do you think you're going to go about delivering that?
1: Yeah, so the the, the type of business is, uh, and first off, I like to start off in districts where you can find the super high grade, and uh, and the large tonnage type deposits. No matter what commodity you're looking for, that's why you know the majority of my career I've spent in the Athabasca Basin hunting for uranium uh, deposits and discovering them successfully. So, when I went looking around at other districts, um, you know, VMS districts are known quite often as very small, high grade type deposits, but the Bergslagen uh, has a very diverse range of VMS, SEDEX, and carbonate replacement deposits that, uh, again, high grade, high tonnage. That's where I want to be. And um, the, the thing about the district is that. They didn't allow foreign companies to come in until the 1990s it was all state-run companies that did the exploration development and mining so you know not a lot of systematic modern work was done and it really uh, has a wide open canvas to, to come in and apply today's techniques to, to lead to good discoveries so I mean I'm an exploration geologist uh, through and through so exploration discovery delineation. Uh, and then look for a monetizing event. So, and that's another big box that got ticked in looking at the Bergslagen, is that uh, you know Lundin Mining is there. You've got Boliden, uh, South 32 is also being active. Uh, Rio Tinto was active. They actually sold their their zinc Grooven mine in early 2000 uh, to to Lundin, and uh, you've got Agnico Eagle. So it there it's a very um, you know. Good region with with major mining companies, and uh, you know, in order to get that monetizing event, you need to have healthy uh, mining companies that uh, are actually able to purchase smaller uh, companies.
0: Right. So, so let's let's dig into that a bit bit more, if we may. So, you're an exploration geologist, I get it. So, the type of company you want to be is a bit more than a prospector. You you want to kind of take it through to what stage before you get taken out?
1: Yeah. So, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. Taken out, but my, you know, I know my sweet spot is up to like a feasibility study, and then I'm, I'm, you know, pretty good to step down when when things get into permitting or or mine building. Uh, it's not my passion, and uh, it never will be. So, you know, whether it's a monetizing event or a full changeover of management, that that's to be said. Uh, what's best for the shareholders at that that point in, in time.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's the bit I'm getting to. It's like, what are people buying into day one? You know, you know, how long are they sitting on this thing, um, or should you know, is it is it short, long, medium, whatever? Um, can we just talk a little bit about your history? Okay, because you're a uranium guy, right? Yes. And you're, now correct. you're after polymetallics. So there's a there's a slight change up there. And if I look at look at the board, you've kind of got some pretty nice names on there. Doug Ramshaw we know Gold Guy, and obviously Rob is, you know, uranium guy too, uh, and 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 Gavin as well, you know, pretty well known people. But so you're getting, you kind of getting an A team together. But who's actually doing the work? Because this is a small company, with you know, with not a lot of capital.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm I'm the CEO, uh, president uh, of the company, and I'm I'm also acting as VP Exploration, and uh, and I'm doing a lot of IR and corporate dev myself as well. So I am the real driver behind District Metals, uh, and and that's uh, you know it's not going to be like that forever as we continue to grow. Uh, we're on to Tom Tebo. It's an advanced stage exploration project, and uh, you know starting out with the pre drilling work. We don't really need to have a big, uh, you know, executive role, and uh, it really keeps costs down during this this point in time. But we'll be looking to do some significant drilling in uh, early 2021, so that's when you know to
0: start building some some executive uh, roles. Okay, but back to the question, which was, what, what 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 did you do before at NextGen? What's the relevant experience you're bringing forward into this project?
1: Okay, so yeah, so I mean, in the in the Athabasca Basin, I worked uh, as VP exploration for Alpha Minerals, and also VP exploration and development for, for NextGen. I, I led the technical teams. I was heavily involved with marketing and, and raising money to advance those projects, and uh, yeah, so that's what I bring to District. In that you know we're at this advanced stage exploration project. And I'll be driving the exploration, and then also raising the money to uh, to, to fund
0: that work as well. Okay, so it's a fairly early stage now. So talk to me about cash position today. What you're going to need to raise this year, and then what you hope to achieve with that, please. Yeah, so we're fully
1: funded for the for the uh, pre-drilling work this year. We raised 2.4 uh, million at 12 cents that closed in early June. And uh, you know the budget to, to do all the, the pre-drilling work, which, which includes a SkyTEM survey, which has never been done on the property, it's just shocking um, because uh, that's usually step one when you go into these VMS districts that have you know, properties like uh, conductivity and, and magnetics. So that's step one, and then uh, we're constantly we, I've got a really good database of historical. Uh, drill data to work from uh, at one of the historical mines called Tom Tebow. There's about twelve thousand meters of drilling in one hundred and thirty nine uh, holes and uh, so we're we're constantly modeling that and there's already been drill holes or drill targets that have popped up that are really exciting and uh, yeah so we'll keep it that and then we're going to be sending some geos uh, into the field in late August to uh, follow up on on the uh, airborne anomalies. As part of a broader mapping, prospecting, and sampling uh, program. And um, one of those geos is actually a local expert uh, who was heavily involved with Beleden and specifically with the Garpenberg mine, which is located 25 kilometers away from our Tom Tebow project. And he was really a crucial technical guy in uh, the 1990s. Beleden was considering shutting Garpenberg down. And he, the work that he did, the structural analysis with his team, you know, really took that uh, that mine and uh, brought it to its its glory that it's at today, which is over a global,
0: um, you know, resource that, that's very very high. Okay, so you have a bit, of, you had a bit of data there, right? So you have gone to this with your eyes open, as it were. This isn't pure exploration, as such, Um clearly. Precious metals seeing a bit of a bull run at the moment. You've got some silver in this, but by by value, it's thirty one percent today. You know, I'm not quite sure what price um, the presentation
1: is. Right, right now that's that's based on fifteen dollars an ounce silver. So twenty two, a bit
0: more, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so now it's technically a silver mine because it's gone over the the twenty twenty one dollars an ounce. So,
0: but last week it wasn't right. So the, 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 these are all increments, which is which is great. And like I say, in a, in a bull market, but they don't always stay bull market. So when you made that decision, it wasn't a silver mine, but it helps you now. And it's it's popped the price, right? Or are you chasing silver?
1: Um, it's the value of the rock. That's what I'm chasing. Right. Yeah. So and to that point, like you you add up these poly, the, all the contributions from the metals. Uh, at what they're mining at Beleden's garpenberg and at Lundin's Zinc And it's astounding how much money they're making off of these, even when the, when the metal prices were lower. So uh, in 2019, for instance, Garpenberg, uh, they, they produced 2.9 million tonnes, uh, or sorry, they mined 2.9 million tonnes of, of ore. And I mean, in some VMS camps, that's a deposit on its own. And they just did that in one year, and you know when you when you put in forty dollars a ton for opex, uh, and and then the value of the uh, of the you know the ore that was uh, mined out, they they're netting over four hundred million in two thousand nineteen. So it's it's highly profitable, and that's that's the kind of asset that I want to be driving forward because that's the one that's going to be you know in the eyes of a major mining company.
0: Right, yeah. Because major mining companies will need to spend an awful lot of capex to get this thing into, well, start mining it and be able to kind of um, capture that value. For a small company, uh, it's it's a different ball game. So what I'm trying to get at is, what was the strategy you set out to do? Forget what today's silver price is, because that wasn't what you bought into. You're, you're trying to say the value of the rock is in and around us significant. We think we can replicate that to make ourselves attractive. So how do you go about doing that? How do you make yourself attractive and over what time frame? Again, I'm trying to work out what I'm buying into here. You're not going to put the capex together for this. It's going to require deep pockets from a big company either coming in and taking you out or JVing or whatever structure you want to create, but you're, you're not the guy to take it forward. So what is the thing that in your mind you're focused on delivering over the next 12, 18, 24 months?
1: Yeah, so the I mean the strategy really is going to be proving up the historical drill results and expanding on them. Uh and then getting a resource out showing, you know, what what's there and with the geophysics also showing what what may lie at depth because if the there's two historic mines on our property and they go down to about the 200 meter level and it's zinc grooven, they're mining down at the 1400 meter level. Uh, and and all the you know the mine workings and and the drill results at the historic Tom Tibo mine, the bass mine, they they show that the mineralization is open at depth and and along strike. So what we really need to show is uh, that there's potential for another Garpenberg to exist on our property. And you know when you when you look around at some of the existing uh, and historic mines in the region, it looks like a a pretty good ballpark for a standalone operation in the Bergslagen, because the infrastructure is so good, uh, would be about 10 million tons, and that's a fairly low bar to to hit when you're in the Bergslagen and you're dealing with, you know, the kind of tonnages like Garpenberg alone has already produced about 54 million
0: tons, and they've got about
1: three times that in in resources and reserves.
0: Okay, interesting. Interesting. So, so. Just talk me through. So, what's the what's the next step? Tell me, tell me about this year. What can we expect to see at Tom Tebow with the with the capital you've got available?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so this year, and we've already we're well into it uh, right now. We we came out of the gates. uh, We released some information on the historic drill holes um, and you know what they mean for the for the project and and for the potential size and scale that exists on the property. Again, the, the SkyTem survey that, that we flew is the first time ever a deep penetrating EM magnetic survey has ever been done on the property. So um, that's being completed recently. We're going to be getting those results back, uh, the final data at the end of August, then it needs to be interpreted. Uh, and then starting at the end of August, we'll be sending in some, some geos uh, to to do some some mapping, prospecting, and uh, and sampling around the historic mines, and and also the mineral occurrences
0: that uh, are in between those historic mines as well. Okay, so the management's sitting on about 27 percent, a big big chunk of this. How much money have you put in?
1: Uh, I I, uh, I initially put 1.6 million in. Um, I did that at 12 cents cents, which was a, a half cent higher than the 12 cent financing that we. Closed in uh, at the beginning of June, and, and I think I've bought my position up to 1.74 million shares. So I'll, I'll always be active, picking away at the market. I, you know, I have to. Uh, I really have to buy in by by having a big ownership, and I've always believed that no matter what company I'm with, it's it's so important to be there. So I'm aligned with the shareholders.
0: Okay, and what are you paying yourself?
1: Uh, so GNA uh, I mean myself 20,000 uh, a month um, and then GNA is probably about 30 dollars a month uh, it's you know it's fairly fairly lean and I'm uh, yeah you know I'm, I'm basically justifying that because I'm actively president CEO VP exploration I'm running a lot of lot of roles and uh, yeah so I, I think that's quite suitable for where we're at right now we actually had an outside uh, Consultant uh, Bedford do a compensation survey, and they they were the ones that came up with that
0: number. So. Okay, Chief Bottle up Washer. Um, and what about some of these high net worths that you've got uh, in as well? I mean, it's significant. It's like nearly fifty percent is high net worths. I say institutional yeah. high net worths. So how does that break down?
1: Yeah. So I mean, one of the most important things for me when I when you know we chose District Metals when it was a shell company. Was the structure and the people involved? Um, because when I was at Alpha, it, it had the structure and, and and the people involved, and you know we got bought out for seven dollars and sixty cents in two thousand thirteen. Beautiful. That's exactly what you want—that kind of a upward uh, trajectory. When I was at Next Gen, the structure wasn't quite there. The asset at Next Gen is much better than what Fission has with Triple R, but you know I. I don't think the share price got above four dollars and fifty cents because there was, you know, more shares out and, and unsure what hands they were in and whatnot. So, going back to district, really had to make sure that you know we had a good structure and, and good people involved. So, right off the hop, you know, Warren Irwin Russo Asset Management is a large is a large shareholder. Um, you know, also Ivan Bebic is a founding share a founding shareholder in in the company. He's the Chairman of Oren, very well respected and, and, a, and a very smart guy, and, and provides a lot of great advice to myself, which I'm very appreciative of. Uh, and you know, Commodity Capital is, uh, is another fund out of out of Zurich that uh, that we have, and uh, Stevens Management out of out of California. Uh, in the latest financing that we did at 12 cents, um, I was very happy that we had Sprott, Sprott US come in and. Uh, you know that was a big tick because their their fund manager is a PhD geology and and he he did some really good due diligence on myself personally and on the project and on the company so it uh, it, it really made me feel good that that uh, they came in and and they they he gets the story very well so there a couple other funds you know Bridgeport Capital out of Kelowna uh, you know Breakwater LLP is a fund. Uh, That's out of out of Florida as well. So, it's uh, to me, I'm I'm really proud of our our shareholder registry, and uh, it's such an important path forward uh, to make sure everyone is aligned and they know what we're doing. We're building a company. We're we're going to progress this, um, you know, using science and and take it to a point where, you know, we can do a monetizing event eventually.
0: Yeah. Okay. And. just very quickly on um, the retail component, there's not what 11 percent. Is is that a problem for you?
1: <laughs> it depends if you want
0: to buy shares on the open market
1: because there there aren't a lot of shares available. Uh, the spread is usually uh, it's quite far apart. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to get a position, it generally needs to be chased. For the, for the time being, I, I think it's. Uh, it's suitable for for where we're at, but um, you know, as time goes on, we'll be looking to get more liquidity, and uh, with more news, that that will also occur as well.
0: Hey, I don't know how you're going to get more liquidity just on news. I mean, what, what's the plan?
1: Um, I mean, more liquidity, getting getting the story out there. Um, You know, we have uh, the financing that we did in in, uh, close in early June, that becomes free trading in in September, so I'm sure that there will become more liquidity from that. I wouldn't expect a lot, but definitely, you know, you've always get uh, certain people that want to sell a little bit, especially when the share price is pretty much tripled, um, and some from from the initial financing.
0: Are you trying to make uh, more of a noise about the Silver component in in this market, or do you think the actual story stands up on its own two feet?
1: I, I mean, I think I'd be remiss to ignore the silver story on it. Um, yeah, I mean, to 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 put it in perspective, it, it, uh, at at Garpenberg, the mine 25 kilometers away from us, it, the 54 million tons that they've produced historically, uh, the the grade of silver is 134 grams per ton, and then they've got about you know 4.9% zinc, two and a half percent lead, 0.3 grams per ton gold and 0.1% Copper. So, the the Silver really is an important component of, of what we're doing and the fact that it's going up and uh, a lot of people think it's going to go much higher is very positive for us. So, I think it definitely is an important point. And I mean, uh, I, the first kind of transitional mine that I was ever aware of was Olympic Dam. I mean, normally it's a Copper mine, but when the price of uh, Uranium goes up, it becomes a Uranium mine. So it's it's a I see a very similar um, kind of comparable to the Bergslagen and, and and these very silver silver rich um, mines and then the Falloon mine is a historic um, historic mine 25 kilometers on the other side of our project and that was a, another end member of polymetallic mineralization that was very rich in gold and copper so it had three grams per ton gold three percent. Copper, all the other metals, and that was 28 million tons that was mined, you know, very early on from like medieval times up until the 1990s. So, I mean, you can't ignore three grams per ton gold with that much tonnage uh, as well.
0: Okay, I guess time time will time will tell. I'm just, I mean, it's just interested. The share price has seen a little pop in the you know past few trading days. I think on the on the news of you know silver price potentially um, and and it's and it's too early to actually sort of tell what's going on or what people's view is on the rest of the asset and you don't necessarily have enough information to share with us yet but look i mean look first first of all you know congratulations nice nice little project you've got there um, I'd love you to stay in contact with us and let us know how things are progressing uh, your track record is obviously speaks for itself um, i hope you've got enough capital to do what you need to do um, Pick up the phone. Let us know how you get on. Absolutely.
1: No, that sounds good. We're really excited to, to keep this going, and uh, you know, drilling at uh, the historic Tom Peeble mine is is like it's like a geologist' dream come true. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, CruxInvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn.